boys up substance how you guys doing come on man welcome to church today again i'm pastor peter haas and i just want to welcome all of our campuses spring lake park fridley northwestern come on and today let me tell you today is actually extra fun because our video feed is linked up with an amazing church in fort myers florida called next level church would you guys help me join just welcome all these wonderful people come on we love you florida we love you florida seriously we we wish you were here because misery loves company right i mean come on let's just say that january is not a tourist season in minnesota is it for a reason right instead of i i I wanted to tell matt this instead of naming it from here to there let's just call it from heaven to hell because it is frozen over up here can i just say that it is cold like really but i I love how you floridians you get all worked up about the cold you're just like oh bird it's 62 degrees come on we still are swimming in 62 degrees right Come on up here. I'm convinced that the word cold front in Florida is just a code word for the ladies there just to wear boots and buy a whole new wardrobe. Am I right, man, in Florida? Come on. Come on. Don't, don't shout me down. I'm preaching the truth to you, right? I mean, honey, we can't afford that. Stop it. It is freezing like Siberia out there. All right, all right. You know what I'm saying? That's, I, I, I've been there. I know. I know. I know these things, right? But, and so I'll tell you what, Next Level Church, if you guys could just do us a big favor, hug a palm tree for us, and we will make a snowman or, or a snow angels. That's more biblical, right? We will do a snow angel for you, but I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to have some fun today because we're actually going to talk about a topic called resisting temptation, right? If we want to learn how to get from here to there, right? If we want to be able to achieve our goals and, and really allow that transformation God has for us this year to enter into our lives, then I'll tell you what, we've got to become great at resisting temptation. And so I want to talk about how to get a supernatural advantage over temptation. Believe it or not, the Bible actually gives us numerous tips and tricks that we can uh, apply to our lives that will actually give us a supernatural advantage in resisting temptation. Come on, wouldn't you guys want that? I mean, that, that, seriously, I, I just, uh, again, so we're, we're, if you got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me uh, to the book of Mark chapter 14, verse 38. Mark chapter 14, verse 38. And of course, the context, we're actually going to look at Jesus in temptation, right? He's actually in the Garden of Gethsemane in the midst of this text. And and again, he's he's praying. He's about to get betrayed by Judas. He knows that. And he knows that the cross is coming soon. And you got to understand something about Gethsemane. Uh, I I actually had the privilege of being able to pray in Gethsemane uh, this last May. It was actually, uh, it it was a profoundly spiritual experience. I was in Israel. And, um, you know, it's not like a very big place, okay? And keep in mind, uh, Gethsemane, it's just like a small little grove of olive trees on a hillside right outside of Jerusalem, okay? So you're, when you're in Gethsemane, you're kind of looking up the hill at the city of Jerusalem, uh, what used to be the small little city of Jerusalem. And, and really, uh, Gethsemane is like a little, um, it's like right on the edge of a desert wilderness. If you know uh, how the landscape um, is of Israel. It's right on the edge of a desert wilderness. And the reason why that's important geographically is because once you've been there, you understand a little bit more of an insight as to why Jesus was suffering so much in temptation, right? Because Jesus knew that if he wanted to, to save his own life that night, 
that Gethsemane would be a perfect escape route, right? Again, Gethsemane, really, this is the path that, that, that King David would take whenever he escaped from the city. And so, again, Jesus understands at this moment that he could save his own life and avoid the cross at that moment if he wanted to. And that was a temptation for him. I mean, it was a huge temptation. He's, he's praying at this moment, God, not my will, but yours be done. In fact, so in this text that we're about to read, here Jesus is. He's just a fort, he's just a few short yards from freedom, right? And yet he knew this was his time to die. This is his calling in life to die on the cross. And so he's having a prayer time with three of his closest friends, Peter, James, and John. And of course, you know, he returns from his short little prayer rock to find his intercessors sleeping, right? And so he gives them just this this crazy little lesson. And so watch what Jesus actually says to Peter. Mark chapter 14, verse 38 says this. Jesus is speaking. He goes, watch and pray. He wakes him up. I don't know how he woke him up. He kicked him or slapped him or whatever he did. But, you know, because these are his buddies, right? And And he goes, you guys, listen, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, and he, he said that, obviously, to Peter, who is about to have the greatest temptation of his life, too, right? Peter, all of a sudden, when Judas betrayed Jesus, he pulls out a sword and tries killing someone. Uh, Jesus knew Peter's about to be tempted as well, right? And so he says this, verse 38, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The body is weak. In other words, we all want to do what's right, right? But the body, it's weak. You have to understand there is something in your sin nature that will, call, that, will, that will tempt you. And even Jesus, who didn't have a sin nature, was experiencing temptation. It says this, watch and pray so that what? Say it with me. So that what? You will not fall, right? Watch and pray so that you will not fall. In other words, there's something about these two actions, these two verbs, that will have a dramatic effect on your ability to resist temptation. For example, okay, imagine if I could give you a vaccine today that would, just, that would somehow cause you to become immune to sin. Wouldn't you automatically sign up for that, right? If we were doing vaccinations at the end of the church, just right, to make you immune to sin, wouldn't that be interesting, right? I mean, I could just give you a, a quick little shot and all of a sudden, you don't even struggle with chocolate cake anymore. That's just no big deal, right? Just like, that's nothing, right? Or just, you know, somebody cuts you off on the road and you're like, Bro, it's all good. I've been immunized. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't you love that? I would love that, right? Uh, Temptation just doesn't have a grip on me. Man, I've been immunized. You know, obviously, I'm joking, right? But, you know, the truth is this. God does want to bring us to a place where normal temptations just simply do not have a hold on us. God wants to actually give you a supernatural resistance to temptation, an immunity to it. But first, we have to learn how to do two things. Watch, and we have to learn how to pray. Watch and pray. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean, watch and pray? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Today, and actually this next week, I want to break these two verbs down into some practical steps. In other words, I want to unpack the questions, how do we watch how do we pray so that we can experience that supernatural immunity? And, and of course, for our friends at Next Level, if you want part two, you can just hit up substancechurch.com or you can just, uh, you know, uh, podcast through iTunes, Substance Church. But again, today what we're going to do is I want to give you three ways that you and I can watch. 
three ways you and I can watch. Three questions, really, that which, if you can answer these three questions, it, it can change everything for you, okay? So you note takers, you're gonna wanna write these things down. Uh, three questions that will help us learn what it means to watch. And again, the goal is this. You're gonna have a supernatural immunity to, to temptation if we can learn how to integrate these disciplines into our lives. And so, again, practical ways, three ways to watch. And for you note takers, write this down. Number one is this. Number one, identify what is this sin your answer to? What is this sin your answer to? In other words, just, just right now, what are some of the struggles you've got, like sin struggles? I think everybody's got something. Maybe it's, you know, uh, something that you, you know, you want to start doing, you know, like exercise. You want to start eating healthy. And for some weird reason, you hit this news button versus hitting the workout place right? Or, or, or again, something you want to stop doing, right? What is that sin your answer to? You see, again, it's important you understand this. Sin almost always starts with a legitimate need being met in an illegitimate way. That's really what sin is, is it's getting a, an inferior substitute for something that God has for us. And so, again, what need are you trying to fill in your life with that sin, And so let's say you struggle, I don't know, let's say you struggle with smoking or drinking or overeating or overspending, right? What's really at the root of that? You got to stop and think about that. You see, because sometimes those problems are nothing more than a symptom of of a much deeper problem in our life. And until we learn how to go to the ultimate source we're not going to be getting a whole lot of victory in our lives. And so, you know, for, for example, some of you, you think your struggle is with alcohol, but your real struggle is you got some dorky friends. You need to switch your friends up, right? Who are always wanting to hang out in the bar. Yeah, of course you're going to struggle hanging out in a bar. Hello, right? Again, it's obvious. Or I, in, in fact, some of you, you just need to go right into your phone and delete certain phone numbers right now. You, you know, you know there are certain people that are dragging you down. You got to think about these things. There's a deeper problem. Or, or, or again, there's a lot of people, they struggle with overeating or they struggle with pornography. And, and in many cases, I think a lot of times those things are nothing more than medications for a deeper problem. You, there's things in your marriage God is calling you to deal with, but you haven't dealt with it yet, right? Or, or there's, you know, some over, underlying guilt problem. I don't know what it is for you. But again, uh, you know, what is it for you? What's lurking behind the scenes for you? Because you can pull out a weed, but if you don't focus on the root, you're never going to change. And so uh, the number one is this. Again, what is this sin your answer to? In other words, this is how we can watch by identifying that deeper issue. I believe it helps us watch. Okay, so number two is this. Note takers, write this down. Identify, number two, what is your sin ritual? What is your sin ritual. Uh, Really, in the last couple of decades, there's been a lot of research on addiction. And what's really fascinating to me when when you read a lot of this research is that almost every sin that you and I regularly commit is usually preceded by a ritual of sorts, okay? Now, I know that sounds kind of bizarre, but stick with me for a second. In other words, there's usually very consistent, predictable conditions that are present during the majority of our mess-ups. And if we could learn how to see the signs, then all of a sudden it's going to help us avoid these types of things. Okay, so again, a large part of the overcoming process, for those of you who have ever overcome an addiction, a large part of the overcoming process is really helping people understand what are the conditions that are surrounding 
this, this sin issue. For example, you know, some of you, you only struggle with overspending when you go to, you know, the hardware store or the mall. Wow, what a big surprise that is, right? Okay, that's an obvious example, right? Or like I said earlier, you know, you only struggle with these certain types of things around certain friends, or you only get discontent in your marriage when you're reading certain books or when you're watching the movie Twilight. Hey, come on, Pastor Peter. He's a vegetarian vampire. I don't care, right? I don't care. Listen, there, again, there's, cert, there's certain things you just don't need in your life. And I know for some of you, you know, again, making certain changes, it sounds strict. But trust me, happiness, peace, and joy on earth are worth it. You know, in, in addiction recovery uh, groups, they often teach an acronym called HALT, H-A-L-T, HALT, right? Maybe you guys have heard that before. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right? They're the, they're the, they're the four times you're most likely to do something or say something stupid, right? Okay, so for example, that's why a lot of people, they struggle with their sin nature a little bit more like late at night or in the evening, right? Because, you know, that's when you're more, more inclined to be tired or that's, you know, a lot of times people, that's their free time. That's when they're more inclined to feel lonely, right? Uh, see, again, identifying these circumstances will all of a sudden give you a heads up and you'll understand under these circumstances, you need to stop and you need to make some changes in your life. Part of the way that we live our lifestyles can oftentimes be contributing to this greater sin struggle. And so, again, the whole idea is this. When you're watching like Jesus commanded, you're, you're being a student. You're being introspective. You're looking at your life. You're looking at the circumstances. You're looking at your friends. You're looking at all the different things that contribute to your struggle, and you're getting smarter about it. You see, and, and here's why it's important. Again, 1 Peter 2.11 says that there's actually a war against your soul. You've got to understand, the devil is not fighting a war against your soul without a strategy. Listen to this. Luke 4.13 actually teaches that the devil waits until opportune times. Uh, when I saw that expression in Scripture, right after Jesus was being tempted, it says the devil left him until an opportune time. Listen to me. The devil knows when an opportune time is for you. He, again, it's a strategy. There's a war against your soul, and he's not messing around. And that is exactly why God spoke to Cain. Remember Cain who killed Abel in the Old Testament? Well, guess what? Cain had ample warning. He didn't deal with it. God told him before this happened, listen, Genesis 4, 7, he says, listen, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. If you want to be a master of something, then listen, you've got to study. You've got to study. You have to watch. You have to learn this stuff. And the cool part is this. Actually, the more you study these rituals, the more you can do the next step. Number three is this. Write this one down. Identify what is your plan of escape. What is your plan of escape? I love this in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 actually teaches that God always provides a way of escape for every temptation. There, there is no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man. But God is able to, again, to, to, to provide a way of escape so that you can stand up under it, right? For example, in a way of escape, right? If you've ever flown before, every time you fly, all the, all the, um, the, the, the workers on the airplane will always point out the exits, right? Here's where you go to escape, right? Or maybe the exits are behind you, right? Or if you go to a hotel room, right? On the back side of that door is a little map that'll show you what is the quickest uh, plan of escape. 
And why? Why do they show that to you? Because in the moment of crisis, your brain turns to mush. Have you ever noticed that? Right? Those of you who struggle with overeating, right? If you don't, again, when you're looking at the chocolate cake or whatever it is for you, right? Again, your brain turns to mush. You start thinking weird thoughts. That's why, again, when you're in temptation, you have to think it through beforehand because you're not going to think straight. For example, it sounds kind of crazy, a little example for you. It sounds crazy, but my wife and I, believe it or not, actually started dating um, about 20 years ago. And uh, some of you are like, what were you, five years old? I'll tell you. Uh, my, my wife and I actually started dating in high school. And um, we, we got married in college. And, and uh, before we got married, though, I, I remember uh, we really wanted to start out our, our marriage. We wanted to honor God with our physical purity, with our, sexually, with our sexual purity. We were engaged at this point, and we really wanted to make sure, especially going into that little final stretch up to the wedding, we wanted to make sure that, that we could honor God with that area of our life. It was as an act of worship. And so, of course, I'm asking my mentor, you know, like, how much physical affection is okay, right? And, and he goes, and he asked me a great question in return. He goes, well, Peter, what's the point of no return for you? And I'm like, the point of no return... Come on, it's just looking at her. Hello, have you seen her? I, she's a babe, right? I mean, seriously, like, I, I, again, and so after talking it over, he goes, well, Peter, then, you know, if, if that's the deal, then you need to, your plan of escape, he helped me identify my plan of escape. He goes, your plan of escape is gonna be, you're gonna have to avoid some certain circumstances. And, I, and I'm like, and I started thinking about what are the circumstances, right? And so all of a sudden, you know, we had to lay down some pretty weird boundaries. And I'm not even going to share some of them with you because they're so cheesy. But you know what? I, you know, I, again, no long kisses, good night, right? And no more late night movies together. We thought, you know what? We just, we're going to have to just change this, right? If we're going to watch late night movies, it's going to be with lots and lots of friends cuddling with us on the couch. You know what? Or, or when I drop her off, I'm not going to go up into her apartment again. Uh, we, had to, we had to lay down some serious boundaries because we knew this was the way of escape. We had studied these things. We knew what our habits were. We knew what our patterns were. We knew what our circumstances were. We knew even what those types of sins were in, in answer to in, that God had in his word, something deeper that God wanted us to, to experience in him. Your soul finds rest in God alone. We, and so we studied those things. We, we memorized certain scripture verses to help us. And, and again, maybe, maybe you're here and you're thinking, Pastor Peter, that just sounds really extreme, right? And maybe so, but listen, okay? The blessings that God promises to those who keep his word are extreme too. That's why you gotta take it seriously. Listen to this, Psalm 81, 11, No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Wow. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. No good thing. I don't know about you. I can think about a lot of good things. So what does that mean? Live holy lives. Psalm 34, 19. The Lord delivers a righteous man from all his troubles. Listen, I don't know what troubles you've got going on. Maybe they're financial troubles, troubles in your physical body, troubles in your workplace. Listen to me. The Lord delivers a righteous man from all his troubles. But notice, it says a righteous man. 
In other words, you've got to take God seriously. You've got to surrender to the righteousness of Christ in you. Living, let, let him live through you. Like, like Paul said, I, I don't live any longer, but Christ lives in me. He lives through me. Galatians 2.20. Or listen to this. Psalm 1.6. The Lord watches over the path of the godly. He watches over the path of the godly. Man, I could use that type of favor in my life. I don't know about you, but I could use that in my life in my marriage, in my money, in my job, in my family. And yet, I, I, I'm just being honest with you. I believe that there's some of you, you are here today and you are robbing yourselves of the blessings of God because you've not taken things seriously that God has spoken to you about changing. He's speaking to us all the time and he's not gonna continue speaking to us if we're refusing to listen. You see, again, God, grace is free, but it didn't come cheap. And God is, again, that's why the Bible is so serious. When we do not take the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, seriously, when we take it for granted. That's why the, the Song of Songs 2.15 says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. It's the little sins that cut short our opportunities. And so even as I just end today, I, I'm just going to end it with a little bit of prayer. And we're going to do business with God. But it kind of reminds me of just one final story that I really felt like this is God's word for you today. As I was just praying about this, like, Lord, what should I share? And I really felt just this story kept coming to my heart that I needed to share with you, this with you as just an example of just how high are the stakes in your life right now. Uh, and, and first of all, does anybody remember uh, the Chernobyl disaster uh, before? Have you guys ever heard that? Just There was a big nuclear disaster back in the 80s. It was in Russia. And um, the former Soviet Union. And, and of course, it was this, the, the Chernobyl disaster was a huge explosion and a meltdown at a power plant in the former Soviet Union. And of course, the fallout, it was massive. I mean, it was terrible. This, was, this actually was the, uh, what is known as the worst nuclear disaster in all of history. I mean, it literally brought the Soviet economy to its knees. Get this. Over 350,000 people had to abandon their homes immediately. Think about that. 350,000 people relocating, uh, just had to move to a completely different region. In fact, some people have estimated that the disaster cost, uh, or caused over 985,000 premature cancer deaths. 985,000 premature cancer deaths. But you know what the saddest part of the story is this? Uh, get this. Many believe that the disaster ultimately resulted from a singular faulty gauge. All the people that were analyzing, you know, like, how did this happen? How could we have prevented this? What could we do uh, that would change this in the future? Well, guess what? It came down to a singular faulty gauge. There was actually a $15 gauge $15 gauge that nobody thought it was really all that necessary to replace because, you know, yeah, it's important, but it's not that big of a deal. Come on, it's not going to happen, right? Again, and so all of that happened, 985,000 premature cancer deaths, all because of a stupid $15 gauge. Can you believe that? It just makes me mad it just, it, to think about that. And, and yet, you know, the reason why I shared that story is because I really feel like in the same way, there are some of you here today where God has spoken to you about tweaking certain things in your finances, in your marriage, in, in just the way that you're living your life, your friends, just certain things that you haven't dealt with yet. 
I believe that there are men here today where you, you just, you've been talking with God about dealing with your sexual purity, but you haven't really dealt with it. You haven't found a brother in the Lord that you've really talked, that you could talk to, be honest about this. Or ladies, it's something else. I don't know. Maybe it's you're here today and you haven't dealt with certain discontentment uh, cycles in your life. And as a result, it's, it's causing you to just make bad choices or, or young people, you haven't dealt with your friends or just, again, you, maybe God has been speaking to you about your budget and you talk about it, but you never do it. Listen, or, or maybe it's something simple, like God has just been speaking to you about something to start. Just get prayer more into your life or working out or Bible reading. I don't know. I don't know. And listen to me. If you think those little things won't have a huge effect on your life, you're wrong. They always do. And because God loves you, he gives you a warning that he wants you to understand. And you may not see it now, but trust me, there will come a day when we will look back from heaven and we're going to be like, why didn't I take care of that? But I want you to be able to say, wow, I'm so glad I took care of that. Because look at the, 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 the compound effects of that decision were huge. And, and don't get me wrong, okay? God's not mad at you today, right? You can't get him to love you more by your behavior. He already loves you with, with an unconditional love. He, he died for you, okay? So the goal here isn't, isn't to get God feeling happy. It, it, God's not up in heaven with lightning bolts. He loves you, but he's offering you unmerited favor to take you to a new place. God doesn't just want to forgive you of your sin. He actually wants to forgive you of your sin to unchain you for something great, a calling, a destiny that, that only you can fulfill. And I, I, and I don't know what that is particularly for you, but listen, God has got great unsearchable things that he wants to reveal to you as you deal with this issue in your life. Because like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you can't even test and approve God's will until you've renewed your mind, until you've made the changes. And so right now, can we just do business with God? Can we do that? You guys ready for this? You guys, uh, next level, are you ready for this? You know, at our campus, it's just right now, wherever you're at, just close your eyes. And I, I just want to end with just listening to the Holy Spirit. And just listen to his conviction. He's not out there judging you or guilting you right now, but I believe his conviction, just his still small voice is speaking to you, saying, yes, it's time to get serious about this area. What is that area? Is it working out? Is it, is it, I don't know. Maybe God is saying, come on, it's time to get serious about that struggle. And listen, God's not going to give you everything. I, I believe that there's uh, like 12 things. I believe he's going to give you just like one or two things that God is calling you to focus on in this, series, in this season. He's not going to overwhelm you. He's just going to give you one or two things. What is that area? Right now, Holy Spirit, we want to experience you. We want to be filled with your power so full that it just compels us to serve you on a whole nother level. And, and God, you did not call us to do this without the power of your Holy Spirit. You've graced us with a supernatural resistance that we can receive right here, right now, miraculously, in this moment as we commit to you. And so just church, whatever that is, just, just make that commitment just between you and God in your heart. God, we're doing business. You see the lives represented here. And, and God, you even see the people that, are, that they don't even know if they fully understand you yet. They don't even know if they've ever received you yet. God, right now, we just want to experience you and know you and be changed by you. And church, if that's your prayer right now, let's all just pray this together. I'm going to pray a simple little repeat after me prayer. Let's just all do this together. Can we just say this after me? Say, dear Jesus, we give our lives to you. All that we have, all that we are. Use us for your glory. 
and forgive us of our sin that we might live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to challenge us. As your pastor, as someone that you have allowed to be a a voice of influence in your life. Because I believe that it's possible that there are still some of us this weekend who are here in this room or maybe you're watching or listening in another environment and you've, you've yet to declare you're there. That for whatever reason, we're, we're, we're hesitating. For whatever reason, we're, we're looking around our life going, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm scared. I mean, I, when I shut my eyes and I envision my preferred future, like I can see where I want to go. I can see the potential that God has for me. Like I can see what God would want my life to be in 2012. But for some reason, we've yet to commit to our there. And here's what I think. I think it's quite possible that it's because of fear. I think that for some of us, we're so scared that if we actually say it out loud, if we actually write it down, if we actually tell somebody what our there is, that this is the dream that God's placed in my heart. This is the vision that I see for myself or for this area of my life or for these relationships or my my work life or my spiritual life. That We're so scared It's fear that's holding us back from declaring our there. Because we're afraid that we're going to get 11 months from now or however long the time frame is. And we're going to look on and go, man, see, I didn't make it. We're afraid of what others will think or we're afraid of what we'll think. We're afraid that it's just going to be one more loss in the loss column. And I I just believe that today, this weekend, come on. Let's don't miss an opportunity to declare our there, to say, God, this is what I believe 2012 can be. I don't want to just go through the motions in 2012 like I did in 2011. I actually want to live my life this year on purpose. So here's what I want us to do. I know Pastor Peter just prayed for us in terms of some of the specifics of sin and overcoming sin. But I want us to, to kind of put a capstone on this series through prayer. And listen, if that's you, if you've yet to declare you're there, this is your moment right now. This is your moment. Don't miss it. This is the opportunity God's been waiting for you to to take a hold of. Across this room, can we pray together? Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this moment in time, this preferred weekend that for whatever reason you chose to have us in this place in this time to hear this message from Pastor Peter Haas. And Lord Jesus, I pray that as we conclude this series this weekend, that God, so many of us who have been afraid to declare are there, so many of us who've been afraid to to step out, to grab someone and say, hey, I need some accountability in this area of my life. Hey, I need someone to help me. Come on, will you walk with me to, to, Lord, whatever it is that decision is, God, I pray that as we conclude this series and launch out into the next 11 months of 2012, God, I pray for a supernatural dose of courage, a supernatural dose of faith, a supernatural strength to come over us. It would give us the ability that from this moment forward, we're no longer just going to live for the status quo, but we are going to purpose our lives for the preferred there that you have for us. Jesus, would you be with us this year? May this be a year 
unlike any other that we've ever lived in our entire lives. God, may this be the year that we get from here to there. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, amen.